Buongiorno, my name is Lauren. I'm a writer, food lover, and creator of Cooking Vacations Italy, a culinary tour company. I married Reno, an Italian race car driver, and we live in sunny Italy where we welcome guests to our Italian kitchen and share our way of living on the Amalfi Coast. We live on a vertical cliff, 100 stairs down, overlooking Positano and the Tyrrhenian Sea. We're surrounded by olive and lemon trees, and grapevines grow everywhere. From our terrace, we can almost reach out and touch Capri. Follow me in the garden, where we grow Mediterranean fruits and vegetables in the rhythm of the seasons. We use our farm-to-table ingredients, including our own olive oil, in local cuisine. Join us as we travel, cook, and experience life in Italy. Hi there, I'm Jordan Rich, a longtime friend of Lauren, and it's such a joy to be down here in the studio with you, uh, pumping out some podcasts. I can't wait. Uh, buongiorno. Buongiorno, Jordan. I just love hearing you say that. Love well, working with you. We're going to have a blast, and people are going to love listening into what you have to say, some great stories. We thought we would first, though, talk about you and the origin of your work and all the passion you have and where it all comes from, just introduce you to the audience. So let's talk about your Italian heritage, first of all. Where did you grow up locally, and then what's the connection back home? I grew up in Rhode Island in a humble Italian family. My great-grandparents all came from um, Italy, Prada Sanita, mm-hmm. and my father's side of the family came from Pico, both south of Rome, and they took a boat courageously to New York City for a better life. From there, and through word of mouth, they moved to Rhode Island because in Rhode Island there were factories. And um, my great-grandfather, Pasquale Scongio, worked for General Electric from when he had arrived. They were hard workers, the immigrants back then. Exactly. Absolutely. So um, when was the first time that little Lauren went to Italy? You remember? I went to Italy when I was a young girl in high school with our hockey team because um, in Rhode Island, everyone loves hockey. (laughs) Did you play? No, I was a cheerleader along with my sister. And our school was an experimental school. We had our own radio station, in-house, own newspaper. Um, We also had a great hockey team, and I was lucky enough to be a cheerleader. And when our hockey team was invited to play the Swiss, the cheerleaders went along with our chaperones, and that was my first taste of Italy. Was it exactly the way you expected it, or were you blown away? Because I've been once or twice, and it's just an incredible experience. But what was it like for you? My first first experience was when we landed in the Swiss airport in Zurich, and I saw how differently the little girls dressed with skirts mm. and leotards. And I remember one of the little girls had gold earrings that were um, safety pins, which was really just, <laughs> you know, it was a different, it was culture yeah. difference. Yeah. And um, we traveled and we played the Italians and the Swiss. And, um, and I loved it. It was beautiful in every sense of the way. I've met your mother. She's a love. And she's also one of the world's greatest Italian cooks. I mean, you're right up there, but I think your mother tops everybody. Talk a little bit with us, because we're going to be focusing on food, a big part of the podcast, but talk a little bit with us, Lauren, about the love of cooking and, and, and how you learned, I assume, at her apron strings. Tell us a little bit about that. 
Exactly. I grew up fortunately to have both grandmothers and my great-grandfathers close by. Um, growing up in an Italian family, my mom still makes her own bread, and, and growing up as a little girl, you make your own bread, your pizza. My father made his own homemade wine, and it was farm-to-table. Italians are very proud about their gardens, and they prepare through the summer for the winters by um, for example, my nonna used to take the zucchini and carefully slice them super thin and dry them over clotheslines in the attic until oh, wow. they were super dry. Yeah. And then she'd put them in plastic bags and pull out the, you know, they'd push out the air and seal them and, and freeze them. Or they'd uh, grill eggplant, grill red peppers, grilled pumpkin, and put it under oil because oil preserves. So all of this comes from the old country, and they kept these traditions alive when they came to Rhode Island? Yes. Isn't that lovely? And do you recall when you were just a little girl uh, in the kitchen with mom and grandma and making fresh pasta? That must have been a kick for for you. Making fresh pasta, stuffing zucchini flowers, (laughs) um, anxiously waiting for a ragu to simmer down because it takes a long time. Um, And also, interestingly enough, my father's father came from Pico, which is south of Rome. Pico means high point. It's right across from Monte Cassino, mm-hmm. where the um, the Americans were at Famous war. World War II uh, battle scene, right, very, very much so. Um, so growing up in this family, uh, I know that your mom speaks fluent Italian. Was English sort of spotty, or how did that work out? You're, obviously, you speak both languages, but how was it when you were a kid? I speak both languages, but my grandparents were shunned in in carrying on the Italian language at Mm. the home in those days because they wanted to be American, and they were also sometimes um, picked on for their culture or their their language. So my mom speaks Italian because she went to school for it later in life, but growing up in that Italian family, like all Italian families at that time, they were taught to be Americans. Mm to adapt, to uh, become part of the fabric of the country. But no matter what, uh, the culture of food and and family remained intact, absolutely. And you still have that culture today that you like to promote. Exactly. I was, I was lucky enough to grow up with my mom and my, great, my grandmother Filomena in the kitchen. Nonna Filomena lived back door to us. That's, that's the way it was back then, right? Right. And, um, and she taught my mom all of her cooking and recipes and so forth, which I have learned too. What a treasure. What a treasure. You know, you mentioned the radio station and the newspaper when you were in school. And obviously, that's what you went into professionally. You're one of the best publicists and a writer for many, many years. When did you decide that it was time to not just work for others, but work for yourself and spread the good word about Italy? Um, As you know, I love public relations, and I'm so fortunate and grateful to have grown up in Boston, a great city for radio, TV, and all. And as time went on, I had this idea to write a book and keep the treasures of my upbringing and and journal them. So I decided to um, start to write a book, and I started to visit Italy more often. And um, while I was creating Cooking Vacations, which is another story, and um, and I sort of branched off and, and created 
cooking vacations while writing my book because it was a passion, really. Mm. When people hear your name uh, that I'm speaking, Lauren Birmingham, they probably think I'm talking to somebody from British aristocracy. But you told me off air that uh, oftentimes in Italy, the lady doesn't necessarily take the last name of her husband. Let's talk about the husband because he's a big part of your life. Okay, great. I married <laughs> Gennaro Piscitelli, named after St. Gennaro, the patron saint of Naples. Everyone calls him Reno, which is a nickname of Gennaro. I met him when I was in Positano for one of my extended stays. He's a former race car driver who now has a company called Italy Car Drivers, and I called a car, and Reno showed up at my door. Uh, what a great story that is, and he's a doll. What a sweetheart of a guy. Yeah, and he picked me up, and we chatted a little bit, and I was there writing my book and trying to develop cooking vacations, and I saw him occasionally. Um, and he'd wave or stop me. One time he stopped me and he said, your sunglasses are too big. And I said, are you the fashion police? And we laughed. <laughs> and um, and then he asked me to go for a Prosecco at sunset. And I got afraid because I didn't want to um, get involved with any Italian man there. Uh, can you imagine that? You didn't want to get involved with an Italian guy. You not only got involved, you married the son of a gun. How did, how did he propose to you? Um, yeah, I didn't want to get involved because I had my life here in Boston, but we became friends. We became good friends. And my mom, who has a great eye for these situations, said, oh, go for a Prosecco with him. And that turned into a pizza and then a ride on the back of his Ducati. And then I came home to Boston for the winter. And while I was here, I was trying to develop and get my own permission to stay longer in Italy. And he said to me, I really love you. Let's get married. Mm, just like that. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Let's tell the folks who are going to be fans of the podcast, and you're going to have many, what you and I hope to do here. What What is it that you'd love to see develop with this podcast series, Lauren? I want people to um, follow me to Italy and see all the great spontaneous experiences and things that just happen so candidly amongst Italians. Um, you know, they're not ones to be shy about giving a kiss on the cheek or inviting you over for a coffee. On my first visit to Pompeii, when I stopped to talk to the little old Italian man who was pulling weeds in Pompeii, he invited me over for lunch to meet his wife because I was the grandchild of a, of a Neapolitan. So I love that spontaneity with Italians. And I wanted to um, have people experience my stories. Well, the stories abound, and I love what you said about the fact that there's so many things that are subtle that people in the travel logs don't know about, and that's what we're going to do, right? Talk about history, culture, certainly food, and mostly the people. The people are amazing. When I was there, I, I just fell in love with the place. I mean, it's really hard not to. Right now, let's bring it up to the present because this is our introductory episode. Besides launching the podcast, talk a little bit about cooking vacations. And despite the recent pandemic and problems with that that affected everybody, where do things stand? How are you doing? We're back on track. We're back cooking. We have a full house for September, which is a great sign. And people are rescheduling from 2020 to 
2022, and we have new guests coming along and lots of returning guests who have traveled with us throughout the years, so that's a good sign. Well, we'll do an episode just about the mechanics of cooking vacations because it's really fun, and having you describe it on the podcast would make sense. Lauren, I love you. I'm so glad we're working together. This is cool. here. Thank you for listening. And remember to subscribe and download future episodes. To find out more about us, visit cooking-vacations.com. Ciao, grazie.